In the wrestling world, the people are represented by two separate but unequally important groups. The wrestlers and bookers, who literally do all the hard work, and the fans, who endlessly nitpick and overanalyze everything they do. These are their stories. Welcome to Raw and Order, the wrestling booking unit, the only wrestling podcast on the planet recorded live at the WBU Performance Center. I am your host, Detective Mark Smarks, and I'm joined by my partner in crime fighting, District Attorney Vincent K. Faye. What's going on, man? How are you? Um, All of them are recorded live. Yes, at the Performance Center. It's the only one recorded. Which happens to be in three locations in North America? Yes. Yes. Okay. Just making sure. Yep, for that big. But it, but it's the only one performed. Right. Two of which are Metro, and one of which is like Podunk. Why do you have sleeves on your shirt, town? Yeah, yeah, yep. But they're the only, we're the only podcast recorded in those locations. That's true. That's true. <laughs> As I say, um, both you and well, I don't know if yours is up and running yet, but I, I know JLB actually has a separate podcast, so. Theoretically, there's another one recorded at a third of the WBU Performance Center. Yep. At the Performance Center, I technically go into another room. Ha! Ha! So we got so you. So it's not at the Performance Center, okay? I'm glad so, you're not moonlighting us. Also, uh, as mentioned, joining us is JLB from up north. What's going on, man? It goes on and on and on again. On and on and on. On and on. I'm gonna be my love. Oh wait, no, we're just just doing karaoke. Okay, move on. <laughs> yeah, man, it's going good. You know, same old, same old. Hockey's still back. I saw my Flyers beat the Bruins tonight. Good times, good times for one. So. Uh... <sighs> Listen, don't get mad at me because baseball is going to be canceled because those guys don't know how to stay in a bubble. You you can 100% cancel baseball and I would not care. It would affect my life in zero ways. Okay, perfect. Then let's cancel baseball. Yeah, Smarks is more about the chess tournament that he's going to miss. He's really pissed off about that. I'm a little angry the spelling bee got canceled. (laughs) H. Everybody remembers the spelling bee with H. Right? It's been okay, a long maybe, time. Maybe JLB does it. It was nope. the toughest spelling bee ever. A kid was required to spell H when he asked for the definition. The definition was like whatever number letter of the alphabet is is H. Stop. That wasn't in a like professional spelling bee. That was yes, it was. Yes, it was. It was a huge deal. It was like 2004. Well, yeah. Who's going to put H in a spelling bee? I'd be like, well, what do you mean? H? Way, H is spelled A-I-T-C-H. H. Oh, do you know what it means since uh, you brought it up? Yes, it's the A B C D E F G H. A-B-C-D-E-F-G-H. It is the eighth letter of the alphabet. Oh, snap. Okay. Well, I mean, I know that, obviously, but, oh, did you? I did not know how to spell H. Yeah, me either. I didn't know there was a spelling for letters in the alphabet. So how do you spell B? Would it be just B-E or B-E? Or B-E. Yeah, I think it would be two E's. Yeah. Uh, I here, think here's like, a fun yeah. piece of trivia. Did you know last year's spelling bee ended in an eight-way tie? Wow, they couldn't find a word that none of them could spell? Well, they just ran out of words, right? Because they, they have a list of words, and when they got to that thing, they're like, uh, 
crap. Spell we don't H. have any more words. <laughs> Let's get rid of some other ones. Spell super fragilistic expialidocious. Damn, they probably might be able to spell that. Yeah, that's actually really um, phonetic. Super fragilistic hey. How about spelling abkadefki jekomanaxus duboxes? It's not even. It's not even like a word. Yes, I mean, it's, it's, it's the alphabet, but. It is a word in a song from Sesame Street. is the most remarkable word I've ever seen. You can tell I have a two-year-old right now. Yes. Sesame Street right now. Um, okay, this is actually on the podcast, kids, so let's move forward. Yes, we will move forward. I'd like to remind everyone that Raw and Order WBU is part of the Tatnus Co. Podcast Network. So once you're done listening to this and, of course, liking, sharing, and subscribing, head on over to tatnusco.com and check out the other shows in the network. Yeah, do it. But we're going to go ahead and get into it. I'm going to go ahead and start with crime number one because, I don't know, I, I'm feeling particularly salty about it. Um, I'm charging WWE with potentially ruining one of the good moments from the Swamp Fight by actually thinking that we wanted Alexa Bliss to be involved in the Braun Strowman-Bray Wyatt feud. We didn't want that. I wanted that. I liked how they ended the SmackDown. I thought that was kind of cool. I don't... My problem is not with them ending it with him attacking a woman or even the way they shot it my thing is the reason alexa bliss worked in the swamp fight was because it was she was metaphorically there she was psychologically there she was not actually supposed to be sister abigail but i can see the writing on the wall they are going to bring alexa bliss out as sister abigail now i don't think they are i think it's another psychological attack yeah that's it. I it is too. And I think this is what is going to lead to uh, Bliss being a heel and being weird towards uh, Nikki Cross now. So I think it's more still psychological towards that and also a way to turn her heel because she's going to be so traumatized and messed up and turn heel. But they, see, they didn't need that to turn her heel. I think this might be it's reasonable to think that this is a move towards Nikki Cross being um, uh, 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 yeah Sister Abigail, Sister Abigail. yes I, I mean maybe in the end I don't think they needed to bring either of them in as Sister Abigail I guess that's my thing here um, if you're gonna have a Sister Abigail bring up someone relatively unknown don't take someone who's got a popular and established character to make it. and they could do that and they could do that they've got a whole Freaking performance center. I don't think they need a physical Sister Abigail, though. I would agree with you. I don't think they do, and I just and may and if I'm wrong, I, I hope I'm proven wrong on this. But there was already rumors coming from established people with insiders that they were planning on turning Alexa Bliss into Sister Abigail, and I. <laughs> disregarded them and tried to ignore them as much I could over the last three weeks. Um, but then them having her in this, I can't help but feel that that's true. And I hope I'm wrong, but I just, she did not need to be involved in this feud it, in this way. If you wanted to put her in the feud, you have Braun Strowman go up to her and be like, I saw you. I saw you in there. You know what I mean? And and she'd be like, no, I was nowhere near the swamp. I saw you in the swamp. I, I tell you, I wasn't in the swamp. 
But to have The Fiend come out and do it, the only thing I can think of is this is going to be one of those where she shows up now and she's now been brainwashed to be part of The Fiend's group now. And and that's not, that's not the Alexa Bliss we want. We want the heel Alexa Bliss back, but she's so good as a heel on her own, she doesn't need to be thrown into someone else's feud to do it. Um, and, and they don't need that to turn her heel. They had just moments earlier had Nikki Cross basically abandon her after the loss. She came to console Nikki Cross and Nikki Cross pushed her away and, and left angrily. That's the storyline I want to follow, not the fiend attacking. That's my problem. So that's why I'm salty about it. Because I, you know I'm an Alexa Bliss fan. And, right. and this is not taking uh, anything at her performance. Her performance was spot on for what they told her to do. Um, but I don't think they needed to do it this way. I would have preferred to have seen an actual feud built out of her actual storyline that they've been building for the last year of her being best friends with Nikki Cross. And to insert The Fiend in there and everything doesn't help that particular feud. Well, yeah, but like, uh, like I mentioned too, at the same time, I think that is also going to be part of because I don't think she's going to be Sister Abigail. I think he's going to try to change her and so on. And Braun Strowman is then going to get out of the swamp and him and uh, Bray are going to fight again. And he's going to be looking for like she's going to be held captive, I feel. But she's not actually going to be Sister Abigail. And so um, when all this is said of done or she's finally freed or whatever have you, she is traumatized. Nikki's going to try to console her and so on. Won't be able to happen. And then she'll end up just spazzing on Nikki Cross. What we saw Nikki Cross do on SmackDown with pushing her wasn't Nikki Cross doing a heel turn. It was just Nikki Cross being angry. But again, I think it also plays nice and well with that because we saw Alexa Bliss also the week prior kind of, you know how I mentioned she was kind of, she seemed kind of bored. She seemed like she wasn't doing much. She was too nice. Maybe that was all part of what it was leading to her getting this reinvention, if you will, um, uh, from uh, Bray Wyatt. So, I don't know, I think it might kind of play in nicely well with everything. This is going to help the Braun and Bray storyline, as well as when that is all said and done and Nikki tries to console her and whatnot, this is going to help build a feud between those two. I don't know, that's how I'm looking at it, but I don't actually think she's going to be Sister Abigail. I sure hope not. All I can say is the rumor mill is saying a lot that there are reports from inside that they're planning on doing. Um, if there's I'll... anything wrestling fans are known for, it's thinking they know more than they actually know. Well, no, but that, that's why I'm saying this is coming from people who reportedly have insiders on creative. Talking yeah, about Mabel it. was the third man. Yeah, no, I'm not saying it's 100% true. I'm just saying I've seen it from enough different reporters uh, citing different people inside. Um, you know, I'm 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 just on here and I'm like, uh, Sports Kita is saying that Alexa Bliss might be uh, Sister Abigail. DDT is saying it. Um, Screen Rant two weeks ago was reporting on it. Uh, and and every single time I heard it, I'm like, no, that's not the way to do it. I mean, there's there's a ton of people down. And if you want there to be a physical person showing up as Sister Abigail, which I, again, don't think they need at all. I think um, 
I think the new fiend Bray Wyatt can really leave the Sister Abigail storyline in the dust and never talk about it again. Well, Sister um, Abigail could be a... Uh, it would be very easy to have Sister Abigail be a manifestation of the things people care about most. Quite possibly. I mean, it was... In- in reality, Abby the Witch is supposed to be a manifestation of Sister Abigail. Um, and and no more real than the Bird Raptor. <laughs> bird uh, Raptor! It's Buzzard. No, it's a bur- Bird Raptor. <laughs> <laughs> nice shout out to uh, Russell Talk, bud. Bird Raptor. Anyways, that's my thing. And that's why I just... If you if they really feel like there needs to be a physical representation of Sister Abigail, there's a ton of performance center recruits that they could turn to to do that. Um, I I personally don't want to see Alexa Bliss actually involved physically in any way, shape, or form in the Bray Wyatt Braun Strowman feud at all. I don't think it helps her character. I don't think it helps the feud myself. Um, I think most of us don't want to see this feud continue while there's a title involved, though. Yeah, I definitely don't want to see the feud continue, uh, but I still think her being there will make Braun ultra pissed, and thus helping continue the feud and make it more believable than him well, just going after him see, again. What else are they going to do? What else would they do to continue this feud? Vince goes to you, hey, we're continuing this feud. I don't care how you do it. It's going to happen at SummerSlam. You do it the way you, you do every other continuing the feud. We have another match. Now it's continued. But that's boring. This makes it, it at least a no, little bit. It is 100% boring. I don't think this makes it any better. How Here's you... the deal. is aside from, aside from mixed match challenge, right? Which I'm going to re- point out again is officially non-canon, right? It's officially not part of their storylines on the main roster. It was considered something out of... Because so many people acted against character on Mixed Match Challenge. I mean, keeping in mind, Mixed Match Challenge was when Braun was a heel, and yet he's totally kayfabe, you know, uh, baby-facing it up on Mixed Match Challenge. Alexa Bliss was a heel, and she was totally baby-facing it. Was he a face? Yeah, but she was a heel and was facing it on the challenge. Yeah, and that's my point. Is it was it was one hundred percent designed around not being canon. So we remove that from the storyline. You can say that though, because Oscar winning had to happen to maintain her streak for canon. But but they didn't. They even specifically said that her losing because her streak was all about. Um, was all about singles matches. So she her losing out on Miz about the streak, dude. Once again, she freaked out on that, but she didn't. They never mentioned it on the main show. So it had its own separate continuity to the main show. They they were one hundred percent clear that mixed match challenge did not matter on the main show. And so so it doesn't. Aside from mixed match challenge, what connection does she have to Braun Strowman? If you remove mixed match challenge. Yeah, why does Braun Strowman have any reason to care? Because he's not an ass. Yes, but they also did stuff on SmackDown or Raw even after the Mix Max Challenge. They still kind of kept that going, the whole flirtatious thing. Or maybe it was before the Mix Max Challenge. There was something definitely. No, it must have been after because that was the first time we actually saw them together. But they still kind of continued that flirtiness. They they did it like twice on on screen, but but in the end. 
you can also say he's had that many interactions with almost every other woman on the roster, right? So my point still being, if you take Mixed Match Challenge out of it, he has almost no connection to Alexa Bliss more than any other girl on the roster. You could have put almost any other girl on the roster in there getting attacked by the Fiend and it would have made as much sense for Braun Strowman to be angry about it as as anything. If you say that the reason he's he's angry that she got attacked is because he's not a horrible person, then that should be true whether it's Alexa Bliss getting attacked or Naomi getting attacked or Nikki Cross getting attacked or Casey Catanzaro getting attacked. Um, yeah, but remembers the storyline, I feel. I feel like it's still enough, recent enough for it to be a thing. Because um, they couldn't do that, let's say, putting Naomi there or putting Naya there or putting Sasha Banks there. or They, they 100% could because all they would have had to have done is filmed one or two vignettes of insert female wrestler interacting with Braun Strowman in the back. I mean, this is professional wrestling. You only need to show it happening once or twice on screen for it to be considered storyline for this, right? So they could have just two weeks ago, after, you know, on the Raw, after the horror show at Extreme Rules, had Braun Strowman talking to someone in the back. And that would have set this up. That's all they needed to do. Because that would have put him with not only having um, a connection with someone, but a a recent connection with them. Um, The only reason Alexa Bliss fits in this is the Sister Abigail appearance at the horror show. That's the only reason canonically for this to happen, which in my mind makes it too easy for them to jump to. Now we're going to have Alexa Bliss as Sister Abigail. Now, once again, if if I'm wrong and they don't do that, I'm more than happy to admit that I'm wrong on it. Um, and I will rescind this charge. That's why I use the word potentially on this. But I just see and... Having followed WWE for as long as I have, I just can't help but feel that they're going to fall in this trap of saying, hey, people responded to her as Sister Abigail in the horror show Swamp Match. Let's just do it. And I'm not down for it. And I see Vince just saying that, too. I mean, I could I could see Vince being like, well, everyone thought it was going to happen. It didn't happen. We didn't keep going on with it. But now I'm just going to veer to that and make uh, her sister Abigail. I'm going to take the fans idea of what I thought it was supposed to be. And I'm just going to make it happen now because I'm Vince. Because it I just want you to know that your fake Vince sounds a lot like the, the puppet Vince. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Good job, man. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And and that's kind of kind of my thing. It's cuz I will be the first to say I thought her appearing in the swamp fight was a good moment from the standpoint of a psychological weapon against Braun. Um but but that's all it was supposed to be. That's all it was good for. And now moving it from psychological something in his head, his head doing this during the psychological warfare that was the swamp fight, um, now into something physical actually on the show is where it goes wrong, in my opinion. Now, don't get me wrong. It was well executed on SmackDown. I don't have a problem with 
how they did it. I have a problem with them doing it. If it goes as far as what you think it's going to if go. If it goes in the direction that I think it's going, yes. So And look, on that note, too, I could, even if they went with the Sister Abigail, okay, they could still technically make that well done because I still feel it's going to be Bray's puppet, if you will. So it won't, it's, it won't, be bliss it will be bray controlling bliss just like how he controlled braun with the wyatt family and so on it will be bray's mastermind of his sis- version of sister abigail but it won't technically be hey remember that sister abigail we told you about 20 years ago uh that's well, whatever four years ago it's, it's her look it's her now she's coming out and her. But I don't want Alexa Bliss to be being controlled. I the, the Alexa Bliss that I want to see, if she's gonna go back to being heel, which I hope she does, I want to see her being the mastermind again of something because that's what that's what she's good at as a heel is being the person who's pulling the strings of people. And so that's so, part of why I don't want her in this is because in this, if they make her Sister Abigail in any way, shape, or form that isn't her saying, hey, I can use this to exploit Braun, then I don't want it. So right now we are actually trying, we are we are, are trying a minority report crime right now. <laughs> yes, I am pre-crime charging them. <laughs> okay, just making sure, because that's where we're at. <laughs> We don't know where the story's going, folks. We don't have any insider information. I said I'm charging them with potentially. Good job, Tom Cruise. Okay. (laughs) Um, I think we all know where everybody stands. There's there's ways to do this, and it would be okay. Um, But as the district attorney, I'm going to go ahead and not prosecute yet till the crime occurs, and then you'll have another crime later on, and you'll even get to say, I told you so. I'll get to say, uh, I could have stopped this crime if you would have listened to me. <laughs> also, I feel, yeah, exactly. It's just all minority towards doings. Uh, <laughs> I will also say that because we can't actually give a verdict on this, that I'm going to go ahead and say all day today I've been wearing my not a cop shirt which I got at shop.spreadshirt.com backslash Ron Order WBU and um, I it actually got a, an intriguing response from my father who said uh, so so what's the shirt about I said it's not political it was out before the whole thing happened just so you know in advance um, but I play a fake cop on my podcast dad and he said oh yeah I forgot you did a podcast that's really awesome of my dad to not listen. So, Smarks, <laughs> thanks for having your parents listen. So, uh, my parents should, will not. Should, should I uh, should I put out a abolish the WBU shirt? Would that be too political? <laughs> that might now now that we're at this point, yes. De- defund the WBU. <laughs> it's already uh, sure <laughs> that one you can do. It's been done. You you would have to fund us first. <laughs> I'm all down for the rise and fall. Maybe Just... you could put re-fund WBU. <laughs> okay, we that will can, move on to crime number two. To anchor, just so everybody knows. We'll go ahead and move on to crime number two. Since I already know DA Fabe wants to go last, that puts JLB up for crime number two. Uh, sure. So, <sighs> I don't know. I don't really have a big one uh, <laughs> for my... <laughs> That's why I was for my crime. Um, but just, I don't know. The, the fact that 
Okay, so we know all know about the Jeff Hardy and Sheamus situation, right? And how now they're basically just going to go their own separate ways. Just the incredible, horrible booking of how this is happening. One, do we not only... I, I, I charge the WWE for, or the WWE writers, for the lack of trying to close out a storyline. Um, or, you know, to have an ultimate conclusion. First of all, you didn't even need to raise the issue. But even if you do, there's ways about it. How they went about it was completely ridiculous. You have an Irish guy saying um, that uh, he got beaten in a bar fight and how he's just done with Jeff Hardy. That's it. And he's basically, I, I did like his little spiel of, oh, you know, I was going against two demons instead of one. It was like a handicap match or whatever. Cool. But then he's just like, oh, but, but I'm done with him. I'm not, I'm not going to, I'm not going to bother him anymore. And I was just like, what? But, but, but then why even have this promo? Well, well, what was the point of this? It kind of makes you weak. You're, uh, you're an, you're an Irish, you're an Irish arse, uh, arse kicker, but you freaking, you debunk yourself and you play down yourself by, you know, just saying, oh, well, I couldn't win at a bar fight and da 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 da. Like, I don't know. I just felt it was very pointless and it just really pissed me off. Uh, just, and even Jeff Hardy was just kind of like, eh, you know, I'm done kind of thing. Like, I'm happy it's done. Don't get me wrong. I'm happy this, this storyline is done. I don't think these guys will have anything else. Uh, unfortunately, I hope I'm proven wrong by that. But man, Jeff Hardy needs promo work. Like, holy hell! Like, oh, dude's never done great promos. That's why Matt was usually talking, and that's why Michael Hayes talked for him initially. But yeah, but I mean, geez, you know your your buddy Matt, your brother Matt isn't there. You know Michael Hayes isn't gonna come out from the back and help you out. Just don't talk. Like, I get you're sincere and whatever, and then get someone. Maybe you need a manager to help you out and get you to do something kind of pointless though it's kind of also a waste of a manager because honestly i don't feel like there's anything left for jeff hardy to do but i still feel like they're gonna try and use him and him and sheamus are still just gonna be pointless uh dots on the smackdown roster once again so i'm glad that they did what they did uh but ultimately i am charging uh, the, essentially the WWE for ruining both of these superstars uh, who had just come back from left being uh, leaving the WWE for quite some time and who had died of due to injury or whatever have you, coming back and then destroying their careers completely by putting them together and ultimately just making it like it never happened and doing a sad conclusion to the storyline uh and there goes these guys because holy hell that was some really bad scripting if it even was scripted and uh yeah. in the in the grand scheme of things the only reason that jeff um is getting any sort of a push right now is is because they've seen what his brother has done in aew and they don't want him jumping ship for that same reason um because for helping their reasoning then because holy hell <laughs> it, the simple fact is jeff has in his entire career including his time and impact shown that while he is talented in the ring he is not talented on the mic and he really can't be trusted with a main event caliber feud yep by himself oh, yeah 
referring to Sting on this one? Is that where we're going with this? The Sting is part of it, but even without it, look at his entire history uh, as a solo act. None of them have been to any sort of high level unless Matt had been involved in them. And then you take solo act out of it. Immortal was pretty good. Immortal wasn't horrible, but it wasn't to the level of Broken Matt Hardy versus Brother Nero um, by any means, right? And in his entire career, the number of times that he's been able to uh, hold a feud together without his brother involved as a main event feud, um, you can count on one hand. Um, but when you put his brother into it, there was magic almost every time. So I think I think that points a lot towards which one of those brothers is better at holding a, a, a feud together, uh, holding a, a storyline together. This isn't anything about his in-ring. In fact, I would argue that Jeff Hardy probably was more talented in-ring than Matt Hardy was overall. But um, I think with professional wrestling, the performance is just as much outside of the ring and on the mic as it is in-ring, maybe even more so. And, And you look, I mean, Ultimate Warrior was horrible in the ring. Um, but his on-the-mic diatribes were so batshit crazy that they worked. Um, and so, I mean, Hulk Hogan, well, yeah, we've talked before, in his earlier days, in his, like, New Japan time and everything, Hulk Hogan could actually go. Um, but Hulk Hogan's whole career was based on his outside-of-the-ring persona and and all of that, and his in-ring didn't have to deliver quite to the high level anymore. Um, and I think I think when it comes to the Hardy Boys, we know which one of the Hardy Boys has the more balanced overall versus which one might be able to do the most apeshit moves in the ring, um, but is kind of a shit show when it comes to the mic. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the this whole feud, the the problem that stems for this feud, we've actually touched a little bit um, in the past in yes wrestling imitates real life and it's absolutely wonderful that it does because sometimes we get things like the lunatic billionaire who overdrugs his wife um and then she overcomes and kicks him in the nuts while he's wrestling his son for control of wcw is is that a little bit of a snapshot of an upcoming patreon exclusive podcast episode we might be having be what patreon.com slash raw order wbu head on over there to subscribe <laughs> but um the the thing it it does on top of that more more importantly is sometimes it touches sensitive areas that people uh that, that just cannot simply don't be done in wrestling and addiction is in that category addiction just simply for whatever reason wrestling has never written a good storyline regarding addiction um they're they're at best 50 50 on creepy stalker at best 50 50 on creepy stalker and they're a hundred percent never good on addiction and i I guess that's what, to me, that's what failed the most in that storyline, and that's what caused this storyline to flop so badly. Because most times, well, every single time I've seen an addiction storyline, which there's really only two prominent ones, there's Scott Hall and there's Jeff Hardy. Um, not that there weren't other ones, but in terms of storyline, those are the two most prominent. And uh, at the end of the day, it was um, the, the I guess there was also uh, Hawk, 
wasn't there. So mm-hmm. the three most prominent. There was the drunkard who has no control twice, and this time there was the asshat who um, tried to ruin, tried to get the drunkard to relapse. Which, which I think this one's actually worse than the other two. Would yeah. I mean nobody, nobody. I meet well. Okay, no decent human being that I meet wants somebody to relapse. Right. They may even they may even accidentally offer that person a drink, not not remembering. But they don't want somebody. They don't go. I'm gonna get you drunk. <laughs> like I didn't mind Seamus's way of doing it. I guess necessarily he doesn't. I don't think there's a lot of people that would have been able to do it like Seamus did it and us like I don't know I didn't like although they should have never have done the storyline I think Seamus adds a certain oh well you're just a complete dick kind of thing and it shies away from oh well Vince is a complete asshole for bringing this up kind of deal like I don't know like Seamus or Corbin just because they play such good heels I think that in that retrospect it works but if anyone else would have tried to have played that role, I don't think it would have been as, well, I guess as successful, although it was still a pretty crappy storyline. Yeah. No? Yeah, I think I think the biggest fails in this storyline come from that. If they'd had it be power versus power versus airborne, um, it's great if they'd had it, you know, two guys trying to to refurbish their careers. I think you still could have had something pretty solid there. Um, but instead you had, you're a drunk, so I'm going to throw booze at you. Thanks, <laughs> man. <laughs> I know you just got out of rehab. Here's some tequila. What? Like, it didn't make sense. Yeah. I don't well, think you in that storyline. Maybe that's what Let me pour it here when I'm sitting right next to you. I'm at a bar. Just pour it like that, like I'm going to drink out of it. Wait five minutes and then splash it in your face. Like, it was just so weird. I don't know. It was just, I feel like they just played the one, I, like we mentioned last week, too. They're just not creative people. And, um, you know, I guess they just follow what the writers did. And the writers clearly wrote that. Do we know who wrote this whole bar thing? I, I, my guess is that Jeff was in some way, shape, or form involved. Typically, when there is something that imitates life that much, um, <laughs> sorry, just saw a hashtag come across my screen. That's fantastic. Um, <laughs> I, uh, I, I think that at some point, when when those types of things happen, um, oh my lord, uh, I'm sorry, so distracted. Uh, when somebody has a major life stuff like this, um, they want to bring it into their career. Ms. and Maurice really wanted to bring having their kid into the, into their career. Um, and and I, so I think some of that that really does show, um, you know, I, I would venture to guess Matt was part of it to say, hey, you know, there's people out there that are struggling. It just it, it doesn't write well ever, ever. Other than supportive friends coming around somebody and saying, hey, we're here. We love you. We're going to prevent this. Nobody came out to Hardy's defense. No one. Right. (laughs) So, so our fans know exactly why I'm laughing because I am really, really enjoying this. Uh, There's a hashtag war going on as we speak between, um, between, 
mean Smarks in JLB. Smarks sent over a uh, hashtag that says, hashtag Naomi doesn't deserve better. Um, JLB sent hashtag your dick face jobber. Hashtag all love. Hashtag don't laugh. That was at me. Hashtag lay fabe. I yes, meant- ladies. <laughs> um, hashtag one job. Um, wow. So... So yeah, we're having some fun uh, on the site to the podcast, just like how the WWE did. Look at us go. We can be WWE writers too. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 uh, uh, podcasting imitates real life, I guess. Yep, yep, that's that's usually how. It <laughs> so I agree with you. This this uh, this uh, storyline went nowhere really really fast. Nowhere and... for them because now they they're essentially back. At where they started, yeah, yeah, I suppose. I the I just, end of this, to me, this was a good opportunity to stand up against alcoholism, to stand up against ass hattery, to have a whole bunch of people come out and say, "Hey, man, good for you being better." You know, doing a lot of vignettes with people supporting Jeff behind the scenes, um, people coming out and and telling Seamus to stop it. You know. That's where you can go with this story, um, because that's what we need. I mean, speaking as a as a as a uh, as a person who was probably an alcoholic, I, I guess I I never really had a diagnosis or anything like that, but probably was an alcoholic. That's what you need is the friends who say, "Hey, man, let's not go get a drink tonight. Let's just chill out. Um, let's let's Netflix and chill." And, and then you have to define to them what Netflix and chill actually means. And they go, "Oh, yeah, yeah, I'm not gonna do that." Sorry. So, yeah. Hashtag, hashtag, hashtag. Yeah. You've done better. <laughs> Just try. Hashtag. What's your crime? Is it, is it time for my crime? Do we have? I, do we I have? think it is time for your crime. So, hard in the rhyme. It's crack. In honor of an episode that will be be re, that will be getting recorded soon. Um, probably tomorrow night or Wednesday night. Um, t- we record these on Sunday, just so everybody knows. Uh, we are doing a review of WrestleMania X7. Um, as I watched it, I realized that there is a particular wrestler who is typically not mentioned, who may be, um, had he not had a life-changing event that he caused, would be definitively in the conversation for GOAT. And um, I, I I don't know how to do this without glorifying a horrible uh, sequence of events. that I don't want to glorify a horrible sequence of events and call Chris Benoit uh, more than he actually... Uh, I don't want to glorify a man who did something that, that heinous. That said, his match with Kurt Angle um, both tells us how great Kurt Angle is and tells us how great... Uh, Chris Benoit is Chris Benoit may could solidly be in the conversation for GOAT uh, had he had a longer career and had he uh, not commit the heinous acts that he did so um, I'm gonna maybe say my crime is not the crime but the 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 fact that, that Chris Benoit Chris Benoit's career deserves better than it's getting and um his heinous acts uh deserve everything they got in, that time, in terms of fan coverage can i vote yeah. for trial that's a very weird I, I i i kind of understand what what he's getting at 
we've long talked about how there needs to be at least a way that you can separate the performer from their their person if that makes any sense um but how you can you can appreciate someone's performance in a a sport or or a tv show or something like that without feeling like you are endorsing their real life activity um because it's tough because he really he's such a good wrestler yeah and and the thing is there's more than just one example of this uh i mean the simple fact is uh, oj simpson historically speaking from an an on field performance one of the best football players best football players of all time um and you have to be able to appreciate his on field performance and still say, but he was a garbage human being off the field, or yeah. is a garbage human being off the I field. I don't know. <laughs> um, to, um, uh, it's it's the same thing with somebody I know. O.J. Simpson was, had a mostly peaceful career. Yeah, one <laughs> mostly peaceful life, except for two events in his life that were not at all that we know of. Yeah, there could be more. Um, but I mean, it's kind of the same thing, you know. Here in in Nebraska. We have Lawrence Phillips in our football history. Yeah. Uh, who, who on the field is a, was a garbage human being and as a whole was a garbage human being as mm-hmm. a whole. Yep. But his on field performance was a different level, you know? Um, and I mean, you know, it goes on even even in in Hollywood. There are a lot of actors that I don't like some of their off screen realities. Um, like a Mel Gibson who's gone on racist and anti-Semitic rants before. Um, but uh, at the, Tom Cruise. Tom Cruise. Yeah, Cruise. I don't like his Scientology and the pretty much that comes yeah. from. Um, but but at the same point, Lethal Weapon is a action movie classic. Um, the Mission As Impossible movies and Top Gun are action movie classics in many ways. And so you have to be able to separate the person from the performance. And when it comes to Chris Benoit, his performance is, is one of the best of all time. His on-screen performances... But, you know, what makes it tougher with Chris Benoit is the fact that his on-screen performances contributed directly to his off-screen problems, right? And and that's where, you know, it it blurs the line a little bit. It makes it tough because you watch one of his matches. It also moved us forward in concussion protocol. It did. It it Uh, did. If. If he, if what he did didn't happen, we would be ten years behind in in many of these concussion protocol stuff things. If and that's what an all sport. Happened, Daniel Bryan's probably not alive right now. Very likely, yeah, because he would have continued wrestling through it. Yes, uh, Sting wouldn't have retired after the spinal stenosis because he might not have even gotten diagnosed with it because so many of those diagnoses came in after concussion you know and they'd be like hey well you wow you look like you've got some damage done to your spine too what and that's the deal and and even outside of professional wrestling the advancements that have happened in professional wrestling in diagnosing 
concussion syndromes um, have been being used in other sports as well to help diagnose concussion CT, right? Um, and so so it it is a double-edged sword. I'm not trying to say what he did was not horrific outside the ring. It 100% um, it was horrific. Um, I, I don't think anyone would argue that he was in his right mind when it happened. Um, he very obviously wasn't. Um, and it very obviously had connection to CTE, brain injury. Um, but at the same point, you, you know, you have to be able to appreciate the skill that he brought to the ring. And, and it's tough that there's going to be a whole generation of wrestling fans who hardly know anything about it because they just don't talk about him at all. The radio silence on it is probably worse than than it deserves. Well, and since I know all three of us have watched at least that far in the show, because it was like the fourth thing in the show, and I think everybody's watched at least four of the matches in the show, um, I cringed when I saw him do the, the flying headbutt. Mm-hmm. I was like, ah. And so... <laughs> and I, I think yeah. I think that's part of where it, does, it, can, it can be a teaching moment right where you can appreciate the the brilliance of his performance and still kind of freeze time when that happens and and use that as a moment to d- discuss CTE a little bit more openly and why we don't see the flying headbutts nearly as often anymore um now look at the same time and i i compl- and i think there is a way for us to appreciate the performer outside of the person um all the wrestling fans can certainly do that. I I would put Chris Benoit as certainly one of the goats in professional wrestling. However, as a brand and as a company, you just simply cannot do that. Me personally, I was shocked when I did watch that match because I had always thought that Chris Benoit was erased from WWE, like WWE Network and all that stuff. So when I saw that and he and Chris Benoit came out, I was like, oh, okay. So they just kind of erased his record history of being a champion and so on and so forth. But as a company and as a brand, you have to you have to get why they would do that because if they didn't, they would Google Chris Benoit and his wrestling matches aren't going to be the first thing that comes um google era and we were still in the 90s and it would be harder to find that certain stuff rather than just putting on a wrestling tape and so on it'd be probably a different story but the fact we just go and google that's the first thing that's going to pop up but but again you know you google oj simpson and the first thing that comes up is nicole brown simpson and um her murder Um, yeah but is that Is NFL, the, does NFL have him in the Hall of Fame? Um, I don't know if he's in the Hall of Fame, but they don't shy away from discussing him. They don't avoid talking about him entirely. They well, don't. They don't censor his name on on the search results on NFL.com, right? Well, he was first, though, right. So there's also that thing. Whether you know, obviously, I would imagine ninety nine point nine percent of the people believe he did it, but at the end of the day he was acquitted of the charges regardless of wrong or right and then later tried to release a book called if i did do it that it would have explained how he would have done it uh he did release it first of all i have the book 
Um, but it's the her family that gets all the money from it. Um, yeah, and so you know, but that's that's I think where one of the differences is NFL because he technically was acquitted of the charges and so on. It's a gray area because what you will see is, hey, this is what OJ did and da, 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 da. But he was acquitted of the charges. If the glove doesn't fit, you must acquit, yada, 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 (coughs) and all that. So it's technically a personal opinion at that point. If you want to go and search and see and what might have happened and so on and all that jazz. I mean, in a way, I can see what you're saying, but but like I said, this is a way that the WWE can open a dialogue about things and and improve as a whole by by saying, listen, you know, we understand that what he did outside um, was horrific and we have done what we can to address it for the future. And it's it's why we took daniel bryan out from active uh competition when we did because we were worried about his brain and and there's there's so much that they can do without just making him persona non grata um yeah here's the deal is his matches are still on the network but like i said you can't search for chris benoit if you try to search for chris benoit on the network you come up with zero results um so so he technically is still on the network but he's he's effectively blacklisted right and that's where where they're missing a chance to educate and and grow from it and talk about it from a standpoint of look at what we're doing to be better and and here are the things that you can do don't don't just try to walk off a a head injury head injuries can be massively important I mean, you know, we talk about head in- injuries. The NFL talks about them openly on their show, right? They talk about the concussion protocol and all of the stuff that they've done to reduce head injuries and the um, the new helmets that they're designing that are designed to reduce the, the CTEs and everything. Um, they're using this dark thing that used to be a black spot on the NFL and they're using it to show that they're trying to grow as a a corporation as a sport um you know the the WWE could do this and not be denying the future the ability to to appreciate what this guy could do in the ring um and even more than that you know i mentioned how we don't deny the... the ability to educate new wrestlers about it mm-hmm. because it, we're getting very close to having an age of wrestler that won't remember it i mean here's the deal there's young people today who really don't remember 9-11 and i'm and, I, and not to go on a on a different subject but um we're at a point in life where where events like that, you know, help with the awareness of 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 what coming together can do for people as a whole, for any people, not just for you know wrestlers or or politically speaking or anything like that. Just people in general. The value of coming together. Don't make that dirty, please. Nobody make that dirty. <laughs> And uh, by the way, O.J. Simpson is in the College Football Hall of Fame and the Pro Football Hall of Fame. 
Um, he is also on the Buffalo Bills Wall of Fame because he played for that team. Um, so, I mean, they haven't struck him from any of those. Again, though, because he was acquitted. Mm-hmm. But he's he... also he's also still a felon from other things. You know, yeah, that's the only murders he was accused of, but he has not led a particularly um, great legal history. Mm-hmm. Especially that's post-football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but. that's true. I mean, the casino robbery, too, um, you know, not as, uh, you know, where he, he did get arrested for, and I think he spent like seven years in jail for or something. Um yeah, I, I I guess yeah. I see where you're going with that too, though. It's and just... I, all I'm saying is it's a shame because there there's a lot you can learn from the career of Chris Benoit, both positives and negatives that you you can't learn if we don't talk about it. Um, you know, I'm not saying put up statues for the guy. Um, but I'm do saying that? talk about it. The, it. the simple fact is you could have, you could insert, they've got the ability to dynamically insert stuff into your watching. You could dynamically insert PSAs into his, especially his harder matches where he did things like the flying headbutt afterwards and say, listen, you know, this comes from an era where we did not know as much as we do currently about brain injury. And, um, the the stress and damage that was put on his brain during these matches uh did lead to him doing nasty stuff um and we, we want to educate people and understand do not try this at home understand that brain injuries can be real serious and can cause you to do things that are really really bad you know there's ways they can talk about it and still show his matches um but you know my kind of one of my points i want to i wanted to bring up is i mentioned that we don't see the flying head but often but we still do see it occasionally and there was a guy not too long ago who was going to be the next big name on WWE Raw um, or now Smackdown I think he's officially on that roster um, that did the flying headbutt and he was a big guy and he was supposed to be huge you remember remember who I'm talking about he came he was the monster from NXT they brought up and I'm totally blanking on his name right now because as soon as I tried to think of his name it jumps out of my head. Uh, big guy brought up from NXT. He was on SmackDown or is on SmackDown. Why is he not in the ring? Stupid, now? stupid. Well, he he was supposed to debut and then he had some sort of injury. And I'm totally blanking on his name. Big bald white guy with bad teeth. Oh, Lars Sullivan. Lars Sullivan. Lars. There we go. Thank you. Lars Sullivan does the flying headbutt. And the thing is, the fact that we don't talk about it, it made me cringe every time I saw him do it. And it's one of those things that this is a way that WWE could could show that they're learning from it and talk about it. And one of the things would be saying, hey, don't do the flying headbutt. Because there's very, very little way you can do that without it being dangerous, right? I mean, either you make it look totally unrealistic where their head doesn't come anywhere near hitting the other person wow. um or or you don't do it there's there's not really a safe way to do that particular move um and and so i mean this is a way they could have this discussion and it could lead them to having this discussion with the next generation of wrestlers and being like here's why we don't let you do this not just 
don't do this, but here's why don't do And they have enough influence to say, hey, if you don't want to be on the indies forever, if you want to be pros, mm-hmm. um, you need to not do the flying headbutt because we're not going to hire you if you do the flying headbutt. If you have done it at all in your career and there's video, we're out. Mm-hmm. And that goes for AEW as well. That's not just... Yeah. Well, let's see, all the big leagues have have almost a responsibility to lead with these sorts of things. This is how we can make this sport safer for the future. Um, So if you if you if you want to do these moves that we don't like or that we don't think are safe, that's fine. You can continue to do those moves on the indies. But if you want to have a shot at a big time and making actual money off wrestling, then learn how to do wrestling without these moves. These particularly dangerous moves mm-hmm. and particularly dangerous to you. You know, I, I, I'm getting to that point with the buckle bomb. Mm. Um, you know, there, I, I'm already to that point with the eyeball on the steps, which really has never hurt anybody, but I'm not repulsed by it. I, <laughs> I just, uh, once again, I said it the other time. I just don't think it looks nearly as cool as they think it looks. No. Like, Especially they when they have a fake eye. Yeah. Like, they think, oh, it looks so nasty and all this stuff. And I just sit at home and I'm like, nah. Right. I mean, remember uh, Triple H with, with the pliers on the nose ring or uh, Randy Orton with the screwdriver for the gauged ears? Gauged ears. Those looked more painful and cooler than this. And we're 100% safe. Yes. 100%. Yeah. You're not going to accidentally poke somebody's eye into the steps no. with. You know, pliers to a nose ring. Yeah. To a magnetic nose ring. <laughs> yeah. And the absolute worst thing that could have happened to Jeff Hardy with that uh, screwdriver to the gauge ears would have been a ripped earlobe, which, yeah, would have been not fun for him, but that's not long-term damage. That's not... Yeah. And it's it, not, it just looked nasty. So It's not somebody's eyeball or... Mm-hmm. Yeah anything like that so but it yeah i i think that i have to agree with you the cte aspects of it we've got to get to a point where we're we're, we're banning moves and it doesn't have to be a talking point about banning moves it can be so wrestling for years had a kayfabe and it wasn't um i wanted was it the pile driver that was stopped for many years and and then suddenly it was so long as you're doing flips and don't have control over it and it becomes a, a Canadian Destroyer, then it's okay. Well, and even <laughs> Canadian Destroyers took a long time for WWE to come. I, I, just going off topic, I've never thought pile drivers looked all that cool either. Never. And they don't look they're, particularly dangerous, but they actually are. Yeah, they're they're like the Styles Clash to me. I kind of look at them and I go, meh. Like, eh. Well, the pile driver looks more crazier than the Tombstone. What? What, uh, out of curiosity, what, uh, do Canadians call the Canadian Destroyer? They probably Canadian. just call it a Destroyer. Okay, just a Destroyer. <laughs> Guys, it's just like a regular name. Am I going to call you a different name <laughs> if you come to Canada? No, I'm still going to call you Detective. But, but what do you call Canadian bacon on your pizza? Honestly, that one we just call bacon. Yeah, exactly my point. But it's on, in your end, it's called bacon. It's not called Canadian bacon, is it? No, we have a pizza topping called Canadian bacon. And it's ham. It's ham. It's thinly sliced ham. Mm-hmm. But ham. we call it Canadian bacon. 
why? Why would just thin sliced ham be Canadian bacon? Don't That's not what the reason why. Do you I'm guys don't saying. know how to make real bacon? I don't know. No, we have real bacon. <laughs> what the hell? You guys, they're calling ham for you guys Canadian bacon? Well, yeah, you can you also get a pizza with ham. Cheese with holes in Switzerland is just cheese. <laughs> I'm just saying, our Canadian bacon, like our legit bacon, is not ham. <laughs> this is false advertising. <laughs> and, and and my point is, we call it Canadian bacon and you just call it ham. So what do they call a Canadian destroyer up there? They probably call it something else entirely. Yeah, they, don't, they, they may not even, they, they might be like bomb, man. missile launcher or something. I'll give you guys a missile launcher or something. Jesus. <laughs> but that's the deal. Because I point out, we have Canadian bacon pizza, and then we also have ham pizza. And they're two different things entirely. Yeah, when you have cubed ham, mm-hmm. it's it's very different than Canadian bacon ham. It's thin sliced ham for Canadian bacon. Yep. Uh, it's a little bit ass flavored. And, it's uh, just not- ham, though, right? Like, it's essentially all pork, which is cool story, bro. But... Um, we have regular bacon. Like, it's bacon oh. strips. Oh, we it's also not... have bacon on pizza. Yeah, you can also get bacon on pizza. Chicken mm-hmm. bacon ranch, duh. Yeah. <laughs> we put ranch with everything. Yeah, no, I bet ranch is amazing, though, so I don't disagree with that. Yep, yep. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> just curious if it was a different name, you know? Yeah, just no regular bacon here. We don't call it Canadian bacon. Um, however, I Swiss cheese... I, I I would beg the differ that they actually also call it Swiss cheese in Switzerland. It's just such a catchy name. Do you think they well, just call it cheese? Just ha- cheese? Having, oh. having spent some time, and I by some time I mean a few weeks, over hmm. in uh, the Netherlands, I, I'm not by any means an expert, but I do remember going to the store in the Netherlands, and they didn't call any of their cheese any specific name. It was just young goat's cheese, milk cheese, uh aged cow milk cheese they didn't call it swiss cheese or cheddar or any of that stuff they just uh talked about what milk it was made from how it was aged and where it was like what regions it was from okay that's how it should technically be done oh my goodness i love watching our messages while we talk Uh, just so everyone knows, I just sent uh, JLB, well, I sent the group, a, uh article on the history of Canadian bacon. Because... Uh, that is my, after my design homework that I have to do, I am reading up on the history of Canadian bacon. I, anyway. I think we have a shirt, what is a Canadian destroyer called in Canada? Now <laughs> uh, I have my face with an RCMP hat. I think that brings us to a close on crime number three. I think we've talked about as much as we can about uh, Chris Benoit. If you are listening to this and are a current uh, WWE fan or wrestling fan in general, and you haven't watched Chris Benoit matches, I highly recommend you go find some. Especially ones uh, with other very talented wrestlers like Kurt Angle or Chris Jericho. Um... He, he puts on some absolute clinics. The Jericho Regal match was fantastic, too. Oh, yeah, that match was fantastic. But we will talk more about that on the upcoming Patreon-exclusive uh, review of WrestleMania X7 coming up this week, I guess, on yeah. Patreon.com. 
by Toronto. Only, only time will tell. But. So we will go ahead and move on to misdemeanors. Um, anyone got some, or do you just want me to get started? I'm 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 gonna go ahead and uh, throw a misdemeanor at me for bringing up Crispin. <laughs> yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, look, it was still an interesting topic. I just think it might have been better for us to have that on the WrestleMania X Seven talk. We, we might. We'll probably no. still bring it up on that. Um, yeah. I uh. I have a few misdemeanors, so okay. I'm, I'm going to get to the first one here. And that is, I have a misdemeanor against AEW for the air quotes random draws for their women's tag tournament that they've got coming up. Um, the deadly draw. So they announced this tag tournament um, last oh, two weeks ago. Allie and um, Brandy Rhodes announced it. I think they talked about it on Dark. Anyways. Um, still am angry that that feud never ended. Well, yeah, I'm angry that it never ended. And maybe that's going to be one of the things from this. But So this week, they officially announced the rules of the Deadly Draw. And it was going to be 16 total women, 8 teams, in a, and quote, random draw team, right? So all of their names put into a hat and... You draw out, well, it's technically colors put into ad. You draw out a color, and whoever drew out the matching color, you're teamed with them. The reason I'm angry is so far, it, it appears that four of the teams have been leaked, maybe. One of the teams was officially drawn on Dynamite this week, but three other teams have um, come out since then. And at least two of the teams seem very not random at <laughs> all. Um, for a random draw. So the first team that was announced on Dynamite was Nyla Rose was going to be teaming up with Ariana Andre, um, who, if uh, you didn't recognize her offhand and had to look it up, she used to be known as Cameron of the Funkadactyls. Rose! Yeah. And that did not make me happy when that happened, because Cameron does not deserve better either. Hashtag. Oh, she, she was the crappy funk dactyl. Uh, anything at least, or like anything? I've she never I, ever performed in AEW. I think she performed on Dark, but I, I didn't put two and two together, and uh, then they had her teaming with Nyla Rose, right? Whatever. So Chris Jericho then later on his live stream. Um, announced that one of the other teams will be Anna Jay, uh, now of the Dark Order, um, who I enjoy what she does. I enjoy her in-ring work, and she's remarkably good for someone with as little experience as she really has, is going to be teaming with uh, former NXT star Tainara, formerly known as Tainara Conti. Um, which is random enough because she hasn't appeared in AEW at all, so that's cool, right? But then, according to Dave Meltzer on uh, Wrestling Observer Radio, two more teams set to be announced is going to be Brandy Rhodes and Allie together as the Nightmare Sisters, which, once again, if this is supposed to be a random draw, it's awfully convenient that this current team of, of women happens to be randomly drawn together. And Ivelisse and Diamante, 
who were just brought into AEW and just wrestled a feud against each other, oh, what are the odds that they would be a team? Apparently not... really, really good. About that one, technically, because that would still be interesting to see how they would work as a team. Uh, Brandy Rose, though, being paired up with the Nightmare Sisters there. Um, that's, yeah, that's obviously not random. Yeah. The reason I, I'm giving this a misdemeanor is they could have easily um, explained this by not having it be a random draw. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, it, they make it a random draw and then they make non-random choices. What instead they do is they make it a non-random draw and say, hey, you know, we'll choose the first woman to be in this and that person has to find a tag partner and then you easily make it where you know Ivelisse gets pulled and no one else will team with her except for Di Diamante or whatever right and there she goes to her and says I respect the hell out of you after our feud type thing yeah yeah and so they, they backed themselves into this corner by saying it was a random draw and then it's not random and I can't help but look at the rest of the women currently available for AEW and think, man, these are going to be some non-random teams. Yeah. I think the the I think this may be getting booked as a um, the boss cheats thing potentially, which is not going to be healthy either. What did they win out of this? Is this for like tag team titles that they're going to come out with or something? It's going to be a cup of some sort. So uh, they're, they're not officially doing a tag team title. They're calling it the Deadly Draw Tag Team Cup. Okay. But, you know, I mean, I just, just looking at the list of wrestlers, we, we know that Awesome Kong is out. Uh, B Priestley is stuck over in Europe, so she can't make it here. Uh, Britt Baker is currently injured, although she's talking about being back in time for All Out, which I think is when the final of this is supposed to be. Um, so she could might maybe be involved. Emi Sakura is stuck over in Japan. Uh, Hikaru Shida definitely could be in it, although I would expect her to have her own women's title feud going into this. Chris Antlander's out injured. Leva Bates will probably be involved in it. Mel will probably be involved in it. We've already talked about Nyla Rose. Penelope Chance. Feud will Chance be involved stuck overseas. In. Yep. But Riho's stuck overseas. Sadie Gibbs is stuck overseas because she's uh, British. Shanna's stuck overseas. Yuka Sakazaki's stuck overseas. So they've got a whole lot to fill out, you know, eight total teams. They've still got a lot of women they're going to have to kind of bring in, you know. Um, and I don't know how they're going to fill it out, but I imagine it's going to be some people who are teams elsewhere. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if um, if they're working to try to get Tessa Blanchard in, if uh, she doesn't get put immediately into a feud with Hikaru Shida, um, so she wouldn't fill out anything in this at all. So I don't know who else they would bring in, but... And then even if you bring in random people or just, you know, other stars from the indie scene and so on, it's still technically going to be random as hell. And it's not going to be anyone in your AEW roster going for an AEW cup, which I get AEW's been doing that anyways with Cody Rose and people from everywhere else to come and fight for his TNT. But again, this is also not pushing your women's division at all. Well, especially the cup out of it. Like the the only thing that um, 
if they follow the TNT title uh, concept so far, um, of the three people from outside of AEW that have came in and challenged for the TNT title, two of them have now been announced as signed to AEW. Uh, that's Ricky Starks and Eddie Kingston. Um, so Warhorse, however, has not yet been signed um, to my displeasure. I want to see him on the regular. I would love to see a Warhorse versus Orange Cassidy match. <laughs> Anyways, um, no, he's, he's he was a uh, was a really good match between him and Cody. I liked mm-hmm. it a lot. But um, but so if they if they use this as a way to bring in some more female wrestlers and and bolster up their division, it could be good. Um, here's hoping they do that. Uh, another misdemeanor. Moving on. Um, I'm I'm throwing a charge at WWE for reportedly planning a pay-per-view for the weekend immediately following SummerSlam called Payback, which so, if they officially announce that, to me, it kind of ruins the payoff for almost all of the matches at SummerSlam because it's just like, well, if they're going to do one a week later, that means a bunch of these matches are just going to be feeding into another pay-per-view. And is this actually on the WWE's calendar, though? Like, where did this come no. from? Because this, to... this is another one of those Meltzer reports that, that they um, were planning on now I gotta try to find the article about it because I was lazy and didn't bring up the article. You know, yeah. If fucking Meltzer keeps throwing out these dang reports like this, I'm just gonna have to challenge him to come on to FBI and Fantasy Book with us hmm. and promote our show on his show. That's, yeah, that's that's all there's gonna have to be to it because we don't even know. Like this is twice you've quoted something that that son of a bitch has said. Yeah, it's and, almost like he's got people feeding him information from inside WWE or something. Yeah, this is why I say I think I think this is a challenge laid out to Dave Meltzer to come on this show, not this show, but on FBI, because you keep getting all this misinformation from him. Like he has some type of insider magazine that he's had for forty years. Yeah, <laughs> it's but almost... so yeah. Do uh, multiple behind-the-scenes uh, news stories regarding WWE uh, scheduling Payback 2020 for one week after SummerSlam 2020, and the fact that they're calling it Payback. Um, yeah, so that's why just, I thought it was kind of true because I'm like, oh, one, okay, kind of do that. It just 100% makes me think that none of the SummerSlam storylines are going to really finish up. Because when you only have one week, you don't have enough week to build any real storylines going into another pay-per-view. So you basically just have to say, oh, none of those matches finished the feud, so we're continuing it on one more week. Unless it's just random put together, I don't know, when worlds collide ish type of deal and have nothing to do with the feuds but then why call it payback mm. yeah i hope that's well, i think payback makes sense for you know a certain storyline that we've already made a complaint about tonight so yeah uh yeah maybe, know, maybe it's back for hurting the girl that i've been in love with for five awesome. years but or or the seamus storyline and maybe that's really what it's coming down to. Maybe they're just feeling like they've got too many storylines to fit them all onto one pay-per-view, so let's split it into two. Yeah. Um, okay. So so maybe a, this is the best-case scenario in my book. The best-case scenario is they announce going into SummerSlam that 
these matches that we previously thought were going to be on SummerSlam are now going to be on Payback a week later. So now instead of having 14 matches on SummerSlam, we have eight matches on SummerSlam and we give them room to breathe and and grow. And then we have another seven matches or so set up for Payback a week later. You know what would be really cool too? If they just do like a... Um a feud like a top feuds kind of thing the top feuds of this decade now it's payback for however that feud ended to happen on this pay-per-view so i i would think it'd be really cool i'm I'm gonna guess it's probably when uh edge is cleared to come back quite possibly or or have have edge interfere um in the world title match um at SummerSlam, so that then there's the payback match at payback. Payback could be that could make sense. That's a best case scenario because with the name like payback, my brain immediately thinks they're just going to be like, oh, no one wins that world title match, but there's going to be payback the next week. <laughs> or so and so wins that match, but that's okay because next week there's the rubber band match where there's payback. It's just, it's just a rubber match, man. There's no there's no band like there's no rose. Rubber band match. Rubber match. Rubber band match. Okay. I'm trying to get <laughs> so a shirt. So they're going to shoot idea, rubber okay? bands at each other. And... Yeah. Pew, pew. <laughs> no, it's just going to be snapping. You ever have someone walk up behind you and snap a rubber band? That hurts. The nightmare flower family. <laughs> <laughs> Cody Rose. Which you did say earlier. I just want to say that you have yet to rectify that like you said you were going to. When did and, I? Oh, uh, when did I mention a Rhodes? You mentioned Cody. Oh, Anyways, but we will move on. My final misdemeanor, and this is what I just had to add to this because I just saw they had announced it. Uh, NXT announced that for this upcoming episode of NXT, which would feature the third triple threat match for the North American title, it is going to feature wrestler from NXT UK, Ridge Holland. And the triple threat match, winner gets to go on to face the other winners for a shot at that North American title. And the reason I just bring it up is I'm just like, really? This guy that we don't know, American fans that is, because he's only wrestled on NXT North uh, NXT UK, just gets to walk in over on NXT and immediately get a shot at a shot at the title. When there's other perfectly talented people. Yes. I mean, don't get me wrong. They've got decent uh, other people in this particular match coming up um, because it features uh, Damian Priest, because I always want to call him Punishment Martinez, versus, um, I'm trying to remember who the other one is. I went off that page and um, got to get to it. Anyways, I can't remember who the other person in it is. But Ridge Holland comes in, and I'm like, really? Ridge Holland gets a shot this yeah, early? But I mean, you could you could have all of the other members of all of the non Adam Cole members of of uh, I'm sorry, Adam Cole Bebe. I just didn't even realize who I was talking about because I forgot his last name. Um, Adam Cole Bebe. Uh, you could have all the other members of, of Undisputed Era. You could was, have only Lorcan's the other member in this 
qualifying match. You could have, I don't know, there's a guy who has gotten a really good push lately who has yet to talk. You guys might have heard us talk about him a little bit, Dexter Te- Loomis. Technically, he was in this week's match, so he's already won his way into the North American title. I guess See, he gets a- This is what I get for being behind on the show that I do stuff on. So. <laughs> yeah, spoiler alert. Oh, geez. That's okay. Um, but, you could do... Um, you do Kushida. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if if Finn Balor can be a part of the conversation, Kushida can be part of the conversation. They're both lightweight. Yep. In fact, Kushida's heavier than, than Finn Balor. You do <laughs> not have to limit Kushida to... You could do Tozawa just to make JLB happy. Please. Jesus. His ninja storyline is not going well on Raw. (laughs) I don't even understand. I I don't get it. So we're going to have a really bad cinematic match where Tozawa is going to start introducing a group of ninjas. And, and yeah, that's a mystery. That's, that's probably a felony. (laughs) Anyway. I mean, mean, it's going to be my misdemeanor, but yeah. (laughs) Let's go through a list of other people on the NXT roster that could be in this triple threat match. Um, that would make sense. Um, Brendan Vink. Technically, he sort of got called up, but they haven't done anything with him, and they brought Shane Thorne back down to NXT for this Shane coming Thorne. week. Shane Thorne, another one. Um, uh, Bronson Reed was in last week's or two weeks yeah. ago, I think. So Cameron Grimes, technically, although he's in the middle of something else. Um, Danny Birch could go along with the fact that they got Oni Lorkin in there. Uh, Dominic Dijakovic. Maybe he's injured right now. Possibly. Uh, Drake Maverick, throw him in there. He's still red hot uh, from this thing. Isaiah Swerve Scott could be in the running for this whole thing. Uh, Johnny Gargano, why not? He was the um, he was in the running for it not too long ago. Uh, Killian Dane, Kona Reeves, Kushida. Heck, throw Mansoor out there. You're not doing a Saudi Arabia show right now. Throw him a bone. Um, <laughs> Roderick Strong could be back in the running for it. Um, Tommaso Ciampa could be in the running for it. Any of Luzango. Exactly though, did he? His was in a triple threat, wasn't it? That he lost it? Um, I'm trying to remember that. I can't remember. Trying to remember it myself Maybe as well. Maybe straight up. I don't know. Doesn't really matter. But but that's kind of you know what it comes down to is like there are other people and I don't know maybe there's going to be another triple threat next week so there the bunch of those people are going to be in then but I just I saw him and I'm like really you feel so short on potentials uh, right now that you have to bring someone in from overseas and don't get me wrong I'm this is not trying to nog on Ridge Holland at all you know uh, from what I've seen which isn't much because I don't really pay attention to NXT UK. But from what I've seen, he looks pretty good. So I'm not saying he doesn't deserve a spotlight. I'm saying he doesn't deserve to be immediately put into an NXT North American title picture. Uh, bring him in and have him beat a bunch of jobbers first, and then maybe. That's that's the last of my misdemeanors. Anyone else got anything to talk about? Well, apparently somebody wants to talk about a ninja storyline. Yeah. So Tezawa. Again, uh, this will forever be a crime. Uh, this will forever be put him in jail and throw away the key. Uh, it isn't. It is a misdemeanor, but that doesn't mean this crime is any less worse. Because I'm sure they will be doing something once again that would be considered as an ultimate crime for life scenario. Um, but yeah, man, just constantly now. 
I, I almost maybe prefer him getting jobbed out uh, <laughs> Jinder Mahal when that happened or um, you know him getting beaten than this ninja storyline because he they're just making him look like a complete joke like he can't wrestle at first the ninja storyline i was kind of like okay cool whatever your ninja is cool let's make this a thing though let's make it an actual like you're tough uh, but no complete joke he's scared of randy orton he's all respectful when he sees him um he he gets his ass whipped by shelton benjamin um just like that and he's always running away from everybody but you're a ninja but you're scared but what like it's just oh just this i i hope tozawa just i don't know maybe he just likes maybe it's easy pay for him or something but eventually his you know his guy's gonna get depressed from not being able to do what he does you know what i mean and that's do great matches uh or just bring him back to nxt man put him in the the north american or make him fight someone give him some kind of motivation to be like a great wrestler again or something um because at least in nxt they were using him somewhat okay you know what i mean they weren't completely jobbing him out clearly vince mcmahon is not a fan and um yeah just bring him down to the roster stop destroying this guy's credibility than he already has you know uh just such phenomenal talent that they're ruining um, where have you been destroying wrestlers credibility is kind of wwe's thing i know i just think eventually people will change but then i am disappointed in people and then i realize vince mcmahon isn't people he's a monster that kills tazellas <laughs> and that's my misdemeanor and uh i am fed up and I don't think it's going to change. And I will completely be bitching about it for the rest of my life because Vince McMahon doesn't change for anyone. I don't. I don't think Vince is the one. I don't know. I don't know. I so. Well, then get rid of Bruce Pritchard. Then I don't know. Yeah, what to tell is, is is this? I don't know. Maybe it's Pritchard. It's, Triple H had 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 Tazawa kind of in in the in the two hundred five live picture in the cruiserweight picture. So yeah, I I mean yeah, but at least he was still having pretty decent matches over in NXT two hundred five. No, I think that's his point is that he was using him relatively well, and then they pull him up to main roster and shit all over him. Yeah. So this is, I don't know, because they've been even, it might not even be a Bruce Pritchard thing, because, well, at least Paul Heyman wasn't making him a stupid ninja, but Paul Heyman was still jobbing him out to gender and anybody it, else. Comes in. In, in the end, the fact that he was being jobbed out, I I do think points to, to Vince McMahon, because Vince That's McMahon... Right had the final say even when Paul Heyman was running things. That's true. Uh, and let's be honest, Vince McMahon sees undersized people like Tozawa mostly as comedy, right? That's that's his... Ah, he's little! <laughs> yeah. We, we don't have Hornswoggle, so let's have him hide under the ring. Ha! <laughs> he's Japanese! He must know how to throw ninja stars. Mm-hmm. That's a good-ass word. Good job, Bruce. <sighs> Bruce Pritchard hasn't made a good storyline in years. Yet he's tired of his job. 
for doing the same crap he always does. I also give another misdemeanor to Bruce Pritchard. I think it's time to hang it up, bud. Like, just don't be part of the creative team. Go do something else. I don't know. Give lectures on... I don't want to How to say I love you. That's well, it. Here's a show on the WWE Network or something. Just get him out of the booking. I mean, in the end, you know, I'll kind of fall back to to what I was saying before. I don't think we can blame too much on Pritchard himself either because he is so hampered by, by Vince McMahon. He has to, you know, he has to book creative for an audience of one, Vince McMahon. Right. Doesn't matter who else he's pleasing. He has to please Vince McMahon. That's the number one priority. And and because of that, it doesn't matter what he does. If it doesn't make Vince McMahon chuckle, then it gets thrown out, right? So right. <clears throat> he could be as good as possible and book the best storyline ever. If Vince McMahon doesn't like it, it gets thrown out. Which right. which really then points to there is someone that really should stop being involved in wrestling. Um, and his name is not Bruce Pritchard. Um, and it would improve the product drastically. But Smarks, I am making, I, Vince McMahon, I am making 46 point something million dollars this year. Profit, do not tell me to leave my position because WWE is still profitable. There you go. I guess I guess Vince McMahon came on the show to put me in my place. Yep. yep. <laughs> Thank you uh, for calling in, Vince. Please, please call again. We're always looking to have you on the show. That's good. S-word. That's good. That's good. That's good. Okay. So we will move on to commendations. We'll put this up onto the positive now. Commendations. I've got one um, right off the bat for AEW for officially signing Eddie Kingston. Like I mentioned before, they did announce that after his match against uh, Cody for the TNT title uh, two weeks ago, he now has been officially signed to the AEW roster. We don't know any details about the exclusivity or the long-term nature of the deal or whatever. We just know that it's going on. It's happening. Now, just holding out for Warhorse. Um, also, commendation for them bringing in Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, because um, we kind of knew it was happening, but it still was it was a big pop to see him show up this week on dynamite so um that's that's kind of um my main commendations although i do want to throw another one out for um swerving us all and giving gable a heel turn um by having it be with the same guy who called him short and put him in the midst of the worst feud for him mm. and then he just comes out and he's like yeah now i'm on your side well, you know, sometimes you just got to realize that, you know, Baron Corbin was just helping him out and uh, gave him that motivation to uh, not, uh, you know, dwell on his shortness, but accept it. Well, because he's got that King of the Ring money because, you know, it pays and I love better. How, I, I love how they mentioned that on the commentary, too, by the way. Oh, how much is the King's Ransom? I don't know, but it's got to be a lot. And then they mentioned, I like the whole history lesson, too. I think they said, uh, like, Louis the Third or something had a King's Ransom or whatever have you. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's, it's, they don't know what to do with him, but I love Corbin. So mix him with, put him up with Corbin, and I'm sure good things will happen. Well, I mean, it's at least better than Shorty G. 
that's why I give it a commendation is because it's at least better than what they were doing with him before. King. Uh, well, what's what's the king's side guy called? Um, I don't know. It depends on if you're talking. Um, like his right Game of Thrones, he'd be the hand of the king. Oh, okay. I don't know. I was gonna be like King Gable, but he's not obviously the king. But uh, King, uh, I don't know, Duke. Duke. Yes, Duke. It's better than Shorty G. Indeed, it is. Anything's better than Shorty G. So, but that's all the commendations I have. Do you guys have anything? Uh, uh, I was gonna give a commendation to uh, SmackDown for um, getting Alexa Bliss more involved in the storyline. <laughs> I'm surprised they didn't get heat for that, though. They did. Yeah, I gave them heat for that. No, okay, fair. I wasn't (laughs) referring to you. I was referring to the Twitter. Twitter world of, oh, he touched a woman. It's so disrespectful or anything like that. I'm surprised that didn't end up... Because, I mean, I thought of it. Like, oh, this might go... This might go off badly on the internet, but I didn't hear a peep. So I'm glad yeah, everyone... chival- chivalry's dead on the internet. You're okay with that. All right. Fair enough. Okay. <laughs> well, if that is all, then we will start to wrap this up for this week. Um, I always use this moment to mention to people, like, share, and subscribe uh, to our podcast. It's the easiest and cheapest way to support us. Um, sharing it with your friends on Twitter or Facebook or or any of those computer machines on the interwebs. Uh, just say, hey, go listen to this podcast. I think you'll love it. Great way to get the word out and support us there. Um, you also can support us um, if you want to monetarily by buying some merchandise from shop.spreadshirt.com slash raw and order WBU. Um, or if you'd like to support us even in a better way, patreon.com slash raw and order WBU. Once again, we mentioned we will be having the Patreon-exclusive review of WrestleMania X7 coming up here shortly. So the only way you'll be able to hear that whole thing is Patreon. So head on over there for that. Um, and then make sure to follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at Raw and Order WBU. You can follow DA Fabe at DA Vincent K Fabe. And of course, JLB is available at at jlb420 real talk radio is the brand at real talk radio 8 anchor.fm slash rtr is where you can find all my podcast goodies and of course we have that website up it's not a dot com not a dot ca it's real talk radio dot online and i just recently put up a game on edition for xbox's lovely games there um they're in the game showcase and uh yeah that's that's pretty much it God. some cool deals well at that note we will close the book on the wrestling booking unit so thanks for listening we will see everyone soon This is Carpool Shenanigans with Justin Mitch. A show about two friends telling stories and making history. With everything created and recorded in the car during our commute to and from work. So hop in and put your strap on on. Let's get weird.